Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Folks, welcome back to the shows where we sometimes get our wires crossed, but our swords always are. It is the Crossing Swords podcast brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case this Sabres season and all 2024 long. Georgia Urban Boulevard in Depew. Make it your one-stop shop as the place to buy a case. And speaking of the one-stop shop, you might as well just put the Sabres on the road because they are taking care of business. And let's get our team in here that does just that. We got our Gatesy goals against 60 seconds. You know him. You love him. And we've got Ivy intern Vinny gents uh I mean, weird to be a Sabres fan right now you feel like you're kind of on death row for the season but they're still finding a way to have a pulse and they're still finding ways to get things done on the road here in 2024 I mean what's new it's the end of the season and the Sabres fans are or the Sabres are slowly dragging fans back onto the oh we care about this team they're kind of I don't say fun to watch because last night was a little bit of a interesting game but overall I think you know, fans are kind of buying in a little bit here the, down this final 25 games. This this has a tendency to be a theme with the Sabres a little bit. Now, obviously, last year was a bit more fun and a bit more exciting because the team was not inherently inspected to be in that position yet, and they, yet they found themselves in a really good spot late in the season thanks to a really incredible run. But that run kind of already started at this point last year. I think I saw today – a couple of posts uh, on uh, on the Bird app that the Sabres were in a wild card spot at this time last year. They're in a tie after beating the Panthers, and we are not. Well, we I, I'm not on the team, but the Sabres are not even close to that position right now. And yet, for some reason, I see a lot more people today saying stuff like, "I think the Sabres all they got to do is get 39 points." They they you know they have. 50 points available and they got to get 39 of them. I think they can do it, which six days ago, I like, I feel like these people were saying the exact opposite and that we should sell the farm. So I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic of, of how quickly people tend to buy back into the Sabres. It's amazing. You go where the wind blows as far as Sabres sort is concerned. And let's bring up what you're talking about. Obviously the Sabres got business taken care of last night uh about 24 hours ago though because again this is what we're looking at we're looking at the wild card picture wild card two pace is 92 so to get to 93 points going into last night they had to finish 18 5 and 3 39 of the remaining 52 well the good news is they're already 1 and 0 so it's only 17 and 5 and 3 left to go. Uh, let's talk that before we get into the bigger, bigger picture. Um, I will be full discretion. I was at electric city, James Kennedy. It was electric, but the Sabres were able to get electric in the third period with Clifton and co and, and close this one out. Gatesy. Yeah. I mean, I think the team played how their dads wanted them to play on the stats trip. We look at the, the pregame video. They wanted three, you know, greasy, grimy goals. They got two of them last night and overall, I mean, you know, Peyton Krebs, I thought, played one of his best games as a Sabre. He kind of got elevated from the fourth line. And your, your hero maniac, Connor Clifton, showed up with his first goal as a Sabre to put him in the win column. And, you know, it wasn't a pretty one by all standards. I mean, it'd be cool if this team could score more than two goals on a nightly basis. But, um, again, you got to win those games against Columbus. They don't ask how. They ask how many. You got two points. You're getting out of there. We'll see what happens from here on out. 
it's kind of the same thing that was the case last year. He would win games like six to five. And yeah. the Sabres would end with those games and go, hey, we scored six goals and it was super fun. And then there were a couple people that said, well, I mean, you got to play defense. I mean, you can't allow five goals. But at the end of the day, you're still scoring more goals than the other team and getting two points. And really when it boils down to it, wins are wins. And at this point right now, people watching the Sabres rooting for them can't care how they come. You can want them to come in a very effective way because that should show promise going forward that you like are actually good. But I mean, as long as two points are added to your total in the standings at the end of the night, you probably shouldn't be too picky at this point how you get them. Yeah, there's no such thing as style points. You go into a game right now with the Sabres, can you get two points? Yes, you're not asking any other questions. You're not worried. I mean, yeah, you're worried about injuries, but you're not worried about any other consequences of the matter. So with that said, obviously, the Sabres are making the push. The teams they need to catch. Do you think, as we talk about the wild card picture, do you think the bigger obstacle right now is being back basically 9 to 10 points with 25 games to play? Or is it all the teams in between them and the wild card spot that's the bigger obstacle as far as that goes to you guys? I mean, I think the biggest thing is the Sabres just got to stop getting out of their own way first and not worry about other teams because their biggest issue is themselves. They beat themselves, you know, more, more times than not when they do have a loss. And I mean, granted the teams in front of them aren't going to make things easy. It's not going to be a walk in the park to get to, you know, that last spot. You look at the teams in it. Now you have Tampa Bay, you have Detroit. Um, those are two teams that are playing well. So we'll see what happens from here on out. But I think the biggest thing for the Sabres don't care about what anyone else is doing. Take care of your own room first. Play some fun hockey again. Get some wins and and go from here on out. Like I think that's the biggest thing for this team at the moment. I think technically speaking, you don't really have to worry about anything else. There is a True. situation still where you could, if you want to put it in in these terms, control your own destiny, if you will. Technically, if you go, you know. 23 and three, well, then you put yourself in a really good position. Now, I can't imagine that the Sabres are only going to lose three games over the next 26, but I think know. You're, you're putting yourself in a spot here, right? Where until you really need some help, don't worry about the help yet. And the team's job is to not worry about the help. And I'm sure that if you ask after a game about if they're paying attention to the other games, they're going to say no, other than except for the fact that they need to pay attention to see what the teams are doing so they can play them, right? But, yeah, I think as a fan, you can maybe take a glancing look, but I wouldn't get too worried about what the other teams need to do because the Sabres just need to start sorting other things out. Getting the gritty win versus Columbus is good. Getting a win at home is good. But you got to fix special teams, especially the power play. If your scoring is going to return, it's going to have to start when you have one more player on the ice than the other team. You'd think that'd be such a big advantage – Operating at 14.5% with the offensive weapons the Sabres have is a really tough look right now. That definitely is going to have to get better down this stretch if you're going to have success in a more sustained fashion. Yes, and speaking of sustained success, that's something the Sabres are going to need in the immediate future, uh, again, if they want to make this wild card push. So let me pull it up here because I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Hold up here on the Cross and Swords Pod Show brought to you by Outlet Licka. Your place to okay. buy a case. Okay. All right. Outlet. There we go. Um, there we go. So 25 games left. We're at kind of the final 
third of the season here, the final turn. I'm looking at it. I see these next six games. Um, I know that things get maybe a little bit easier after that, but you're home against Carolina. I mean, you want to talk about a team that's basically been a thorn in your side for the last, what, half decade plus even more. Uh, I can't remember the last time we beat Carolina consistently. You have Florida, Tampa Bay, back home against Vegas, regardless with the Eichel implications and everything. That'll be a big game. Then you got Winnipeg. uh, Then you got Toronto. Is that the next six games? Yep. Yes. Okay. So with that said, four, one, and one are better. Is that's what, is that what's needed in these next six games to make this wild card push chance or could four and two do it? Yeah. I mean, I think that that would be a decent number. I mean, losing two games to Anaheim over the course of the season makes it. So you have to beat these better teams on the stretch, especially teams in front of you that you are trying to catch for the, that wild card spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no more going 500 hockey from here on out for the Sabres if they want to have any inkling of life, you know, in the month of March. So, um, yeah, I think unfortunately for this team, they're going to have to beat very good hockey teams from here on out. After yeah, so that stretches. Sorry, sorry, I was just looking at this the history against Carolina specifically, and uh, it looks like the Sabres since 2019 are two eight and three against Carolina. Um, so not good. Definitely not a great look. And if you want, and Carolina had won any, every game between December, 2016 and April, 2022, um, which is just nuts. If you think about it. So, I mean, Sabres, I mean, you did want to win. You'd won on April 8th last season four to three that was part of that like late season string bunch of wins together situation and you have to, you're gonna have to beat good teams sorry i mean that's kind of the reality of the yeah. situation right so i mean i can't say that the sabers aren't gonna win tomorrow but i would imagine over the next five games that sunday game is probably gonna be the loss and it kind of has to be the only one and i think the narrative is immediately going to be well they won two in a row can't win three in a row so the result is you have to win three in a row immediately after that. So I think for Buffalo, you, you got to either prove that stat wrong on Sunday, and then you're also getting over the hurricanes hump a little bit. But if you don't, I don't think it's the end of the world, but you got to do it immediately after that, or you're kind of sinking the ship. Not the end of the world, but you got to do it immediately after that. Sounds like the Sabres are up against it. Speaking of up against it, so I want to pull it back a little bit because obviously the Sabres have won five road games in a row. They have a winning record here in the in the calendar year of 2024. I'm curious from your guys' perspective, because even Granado was talking, you know, oh, some stuff is, you know, we're working, we're getting better at this. What are you guys seeing that you're happy with for the Sabres for the long term? And maybe you're encouraged by, uh, you know, in this pocket of maybe 15 to 20 games, uh, you know, even though it may not result in the playoffs, what are you happy about for you seeing from the blue and gold? Um, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway has just been Uko Pekalukkanen doing this on a nightly basis. He's basically the only goalie at this stage of the season. It feels like unless it's a back to back or, you know, he gets sick what happened earlier it's really his team because he's been the reason this team is still you know in the hunt at this point in the season he's been incredible and i think that's something to build around we look at it previous years this team could not get a save if they killed for it so they're, they're getting that and unfortunately that's come with you know now they can't score a goal just this this organization just keeps you know flip-flopping what the team needs but i think the biggest takeaway is you know upl but also 
some of the young guys have kind of stepped up this year. JJP's had really good flashes throughout the course of the season. Zach Benson from being an 18-year-old, 13th overall pick has looked great. So, I mean, I, again, it's tough with moral victories in the month of February for the Buffalo Sabres. But, you know, it's at least something, you know, work toward this last 25 games. Absolutely, the younger guys show a bit more promise and see what happens. I think one thing I want to see out of the Sabres over this next stretch, and again, admitting that as per usual, I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic about the chances to reach the postseason here. But I think something the Sabres haven't done, in addition to maybe struggling on the power play this season, is getting games to overtime. I know there's been a bit of discourse about that online, and I think that's a really significant reason for why the Sabres are so far out of it, despite being pretty close to some of the other teams that are close in the race in a lot of categories. And if you notice, like, the Islanders, for example, New York is – at 60 points, we're at 56, and they've played one less game played than us. So they have the game in hand and then the, the four extra points. But they have the most overtime games in the NHL. So this is a team that has been able to play 60 minutes and tie games up. Maybe some of those, they haven't been able to hold on to a lead. I mean, I remember the outdoor game just last week against the Rangers where they were up significantly and they ended up losing. But... I think that the Sabres' inability to steal the extra point has hurt them. I've always been a big advocate of the three-point system in the NHL, and I hope that someday it goes to that, which to value those regulation wins more. Now, if the Sabres are just losing in regulation, it doesn't really help anybody, but the inability to get these games to overtime, I think, has hurt them. I want to see them steal that extra point a little bit more because that can also help, hey, we lost, but we did steal a point. That just helps us in the standings a little bit more. Folks, make sure you're subscribing to Crossing Swords Podcast. You got Gatesy, you got Intern Mini, and yeah, you got to deal with me a little bit. It's okay. It all works out. Um, and speaking of working out, uh, we kind of went to the small picture here to talk about what we've liked recently, what we've been encouraged by. Want to talk to you guys about the bigger picture a little bit because I think it was a game or two ago, maybe the, after the loss to Anaheim, uh, where Granado mentioned, you know, things were progressing with the Sabres and that even though we weren't seeing results, we weren't seeing the scoring, the scoring was going to return at some point and you just basically had to kind of ride out this wave. Are you buying that the Sabres are putting in the foundation right now to be successful long-term under Granado, to be successful as an organization and a team with their defense with that, you know, with those, what are those called? I mean, you know, like those tangibles, those intangibles, or is it kind of like a flash in the pan not sustainable and not anything that could lead to long-term success and Granado's full of it because he's either full of it or there's a long-term vision here. And I feel like there really isn't a, uh, an in-between. Yeah. I mean, honestly, going into the season, I was such a Granado guy based on the turnaround from Ralph Kruger, the changes we've seen in Darlene Thompson, you name it, like countless guys, but for whatever reason this year, we've done a complete 180. and I don't know what's going on. It seems like the players, you know, are, trying to rally around him we're not really seeing too much of that on the ice but I think unfortunately like where I'm at right now with Don Granado is not not my favorite place to be with him I think there's improvements this team could make in their play style I think what gave them success in the past of being fun exciting quick they took them way too long the season to get to that point they try to play a different style of hockey which was not their game and not you know going to give them success um but I think for whatever reason, this team is not scoring goals like the way the way they used to be. The top guys have not really been top guys this year. Maybe a couple games here and there. We'll see some goals. We'll see some great plays. But 
I don't want to call guys out because I think this organization does have a history of pushing, you know, some of the top guys away. But um, for whatever reason this year, things really aren't clicking that front. And I hope, you know, it's just, you know, an off season next year, there's more. But again, I, I, I don't think this team's earned the right of, hey, next year, they're going to turn things around. It's, it's just, unfortunately, I don't know if it's coaching or, or whatnot, but here we are now. Yeah, I would say the coaching conversation is really interesting because you kind of have to take these two years together and you don't have like a really realistic third option with the roster at hand and with the situations at hand to compare what the actual expectation versus output is and what the coaching staff maybe deserves or doesn't deserve in terms of criticism or congrats, if that makes sense. And I think you probably are pretty happy with the roster. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the players on paper should be outputting. So I don't know if the the roster makeup is really that big of a problem. The goaltending took a step, which was if you would have said in the offseason that UPL now is a actually like solid statistical NHL starting goalie, I think most fans would assume that we're hanging out in a playoff spot right now. I would I would assume so, certainly. Yes. And yeah, Gatesy, some of the uh, Bills fans guys. have no problem whining. Bills fans have no problem whining about wasting Josh Allen's prime. What about this UPL breakout year that's just going to naught? Yeah, I mean, maybe I guess you could argue that last year we wasted all our prime scorers years. But anyway, I think the interesting conversation, too, is that the team has seemingly admitted or gone out outright and said they they really like this coach and this staff and so that's great i mean i'm I'm glad you want to go to bat for your coach that would indicate to me that the locker room's pretty good um but last year there were a lot more games the sabers went down early and they were able to come back from which i think at that time was reassuring to me as someone watching the games going oh i think this this coaching staff and this team are on the same page they're a young team, so they're immature and they're not starting games properly, but they're able to dial in late. And I think I wanted to give credit to the staff for that. Now they're coming out flat or they're coming out with a not correct game plan and then it's not getting fixed. And I'm sure there's some credit to the other teams too for knowing like, hey, last year Buffalo did this and they came back. This year we're not going to let them do that. But I think now there's just no correct answer from either the plat the coaching staff or the players. And I think that's a little bit of a tough conversation. So these two years, very different in how they're going. And I think there definitely has to be a conversation about which one of these two is the more outlier year and which one's the actual correct consistent output that if we were to do this same group, same staff for three more years, which three or four of those five total would be more like last year or this year? How much better would you feel right away if Granado just came out and he goes, you know what? We absolutely fucked up the power play this year and, and, it, and it probably cost us a, a playoff spot. Would you feel better right away? I would actually feel better right away. I think being in denial and t- kind of talking about it like it's a bigger piece of because because the stats are there, right? It's like if you turn this power play into like an average unit, slightly above average, they're probably in the wild card picture, right? Their 5v5 stats are pretty good. So it literally just unfortunately comes down to the power play, which is crazy to think about that that has that big of an impact on the game. But even talking about what Vinny said earlier of just getting to overtime, you get that one power play goal in a game, you at least get to overtime in these one-goal games they're losing. 
you at least steal a point or you get two out of it, they're not getting that this year. And I that would make a huge difference on the season if they could score a bit more on the power play instead of like they're at what 17% now or something. Yeah. So maybe worse. on the power play gate they're not even at 17%. They're oh, 14 gosh. and a half, which is bad. That's bad, my friends. Um, so like looking at the Sabres and their stats and where that sits in the standings right now. So they are way at the bottom of the power play. They're 27th <laughs> in power play numbers. Um, and I, I think if I'm looking at this correctly, they have 24 power play goals this season. I'm going to do a qu- quick math. So f- forgive the slow pace of how I work through this. So let's do this plus crunching the numbers over here. I love it. 65, I think is the number once. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. So this Buffalo Sabres have 24 power play goals this year. They're at a total goal differential of minus seven. So compared to the rest of the teams, in the NHL, especially when it comes to the wild card race, Detroit's a plus 16, number one wild card spot in the East. Good for them. Tampa Bay is in that second spot. They have a goal differential of zero, which is pretty interesting. They're hanging on to that second spot by five points. Washington is next with a minus 30 goal differential. Absolutely what? blew my mind. New Jersey's next minus 10. Next is the Islanders minus 26. Gatesy or Pittsburgh Penguins have a plus 14 goal differential. And the Sabres are next. They have a minus seven goal differential before Montreal, who is four points behind us, has a negative 45 goal differential. The reason I say all that is if the Sabres added just seven more power play goals this season, just seven more power play goals, their power play would then be at 18.7%, which would have them operating at 22nd in the NHL. So you don't even need a top half power play to have a zero goal differential. And who knows, maybe that would win you one more game, two more games, three more games. Might win you two games, get you to overtime one more. Then you're talking about five points. Then you're looking at the standings going, well, instead of 56 points, we have 61. And guess who's the first team out of a wild card spot right now? I think special teams is such a big conversation in any game. In the playoffs, especially, special teams are huge. But that can win you win and lose you hockey games and win and lose you seasons. And right now, the Sabres power play, in my opinion, is the main reason we are losing the chance of going to the playoffs this season. Wow. Very well said. Very well said. It's a matter of inches. Al Pacino, not talking about hockey, but it's applicable in this case. As we wind down here on Crossing Swords Pod, we're talking about Granado and GMKA, whether it's sustainable for the long term. The one man who I'm sure has an opinion on that. Let's get him in here. Dwayne O'Mania. Dwayne O'Mania, happy Saturday morning. So, sir, uh, just wrapping it up here. But are you buying Granado's point that the foundation is being laid for future success here? Are you in on Granado for the future? Uh, yeah, sorry I'm late, boys. Uh, 5 a.m. Uh, elimination chamber this morning, so uh, kind of dozed off. But um, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily – approve I, I if they were to ever i guess get rid of granado i guess i could understand but do i think he's a problem no um i think that 
Granado last year showed us that he is capable of leading this team to success. Uh, and I think the real, the real, <clears throat> the real problem this season was the GM not doing enough to surround him with your know, set him up for more success. Um, the top six uh, really came through for them last season um, when the highest scoring teams five on five and on the power play, uh, you know, and to Vinny's point, I think, the power play has really been a big reason why they're not in the same position this year as they were last year, you know, just on the outside looking in. I uh, I was looking at the power play standings and all that nonsense, not nonsense, but, uh, but, um, <clears throat> but I, I tend to agree with Vinny five on five. I think they're more than capable of being a, a power play, uh, or, I'm sorry, a, uh, a playoff team. They're just not good enough special teams wise to compensate for the lack of scoring uh, <clears throat> for the the, 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 amount of regression that they've experienced five on five. Uh, I, I do believe in Granado. I do. Um, I, 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 he's my, he's been my favorite coach since they've, since they fired rough. I'll put it that way. Um, um, if you don't count Ted Nolan, cause I've always been a Ted Nolan guy. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't know if it's gotten to the point where he's – I want to say he's lost the room, but I, I don't know how much more of these post-game press conferences I can take. Just the same nonsense answers after a loss. Like you hear about, like, you know, going to the net, going to the net over the last two weeks. Well, why haven't they been going to the net all season? This isn't something – going to the net isn't something that you're taught at the professional level. This is something that they were doing last year. It's, you know, these players at this level have played at so many, played in so many different systems and in so many different structures to get to this point in their career. And it's these little things that kill them, like going to the net, like, um, you know, being being willing to stand in front of a a 95 mile an hour slap shot and maybe tip it in. Uh, These aren't things that are taught at this age. It's just the willingness to do it. And I guess I question is this team willing to do it for Don Granado? And that's, that's, that's the question that pains me is because I like Donnie and I, I, I think he deserves a, another chance and I think he will get another chance, but I think as the second game one of next season starts, if things don't go start going to plan, I think he'll be on the hot seat more next year than he ever was this year, as bad as the season has gone, because I, I don't think they were ever letting him go this year. His extension has, hasn't even kicked in yet. Terry Pagula doesn't want to pay another coach to not coach for him. Um, I think he was at least going to give him till next season. Um, I would like for things to work out. I think it starts with surrounding him with a better staff. Um, I I don't think Matt Ellis, Christie, and Wilford are going to get it done for him. Um, The lack of experience on his staff has always concerned me. And I think the lack of experience on his own bench in terms of his team concerns me too. I I don't think, you know, you can talk about Akposo and Gergensen all you want, but those are guys that are never going to get you over the hump. You know what I mean? Like, Gergensen's will be valued at deadline for sure. But I post so, you know, for some of the goals he scores and the nice moments he has, he, I think Peyton Krebs is showing this past week, you know, how much those two guys kind of anchor was, were an anchor for him offensively. So I need, I need more, I, I need more experience. And when I say experience, I need more playoff experience on this team going into next season. And I think that starts with your GM and he needs to address that. 
Yeah, I don't think anyone had a problem bringing Okposo back after last year at what one million. Uh, I think people do have a problem with him on the first line. So, Dwayne, you're in on bringing uh, Granado back no matter what. I'm yeah, all in I, that. What I don't think it matters have- what I, I don't think it matters what I think. I think there is it was going to happen no matter well, what. Well, of course you're not you're not GMK. No, but for I know, this purpose you are, buddy. I'm just I'm just stating. I don't think I I think people could shout fire Granado all they want. This isn't like the we want Cody movement where the fans are going to get they want. Like he was going to come back no matter what. There's no chance in hell that Terry Pagula is going to fire another coach in midseason, especially right after he just signed both him and the GM to extensions and pay another guy to not coach for him. Pretty sure he's still paying Kruger too. Okay. So. What do you got the Sabres playoff percentages at? They're they're nine points out of the spot, about eight teams in between them and the spot. What do you got with 25 games to go? Playoff percentages. Money puck? This 8%. was surprising to me. 8%. Has them at 4.6%. So I, I thought that was a little high. I, I have them at 3%. You got them at 8%? It, it, they went on a run last year, you know, with – and now they have a better goaltender, better goaltending. Um I know they don't have Owen Power and Samuelson back there, but I guess I thought 8% was high too, but uh, I was trying not to get laughed at, I guess. Um, You're good. You're good. I mean, you're, you're right where you were last time. You're a little optimistic. uh, What do you got? I was thinking three, but I mean, with this newfound positivity in the air, I might bump it up to 6%. I'm feeling the good vibes right now. That might hopefully get in that locker room. 25 games, Maniac, 25 and no. I cards are every card's on the table right now. <laughs> All right. That's that's pretty funny. I like it. I, I really like 25 it. And and 0 heading into Vinny. Let's go. I wanna I wanna I wanna clip that, just hang on to it, keep it on our back pocket. When the Sabres go 24 and 1, I want to post and say, ah, Gates, he was wrong again, but he was almost right. All so right. Close. I'm I, I, <laughs> I have two very interesting thoughts. The first of which is that I think the Sabres' realistic chance of making the playoffs is 3.6%. I think it's definitely there, but I think their inability this season to execute on the power play, which I've talked about, and win more than two games in a row is, quite frankly, non-existent. So unless you can prove to me that you can win three games in a row, you know, mathematically speaking, you would lose to Carolina on Sunday. So now you're at one and one in this like little stretch we're talking about. Then you win two. So now you're three and one. Then you're three and two. Then you're five and two. Then you're five and three. Then like then you're seven and three, but then you're seven and four. Like that already, after 11 games, you're already basically out of it. Right. So if you can, unless you can win three games in a row, my percentage is probably not going to go up very high. Although naturally, the realistic percentage, if the Sabres win three games in a row, will also go slightly up. But my other point is that I think the Sabres' chances of actually going on a little bit of a run and finishing like within one or two wins out of a wild card spot at the end of the season is 87%. I think the Sabres' chances of bringing us so close to the brink of just minor success but not being able to pull all the way through because they dug themselves a hole at the beginning of the season is higher than the percentage chance it is I have enough time to eat breakfast before work today. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Well, shout out to breakfast. Hopefully everyone's going to have a good balance day. Any final thoughts here before we sign off on cause the swords pod episode nine on the year. Oh, if you guys do want to watch playoff hockey, I've been informed as of this morning, the Canisius golden Griffins 
are hosting an opening round Atlantic hockey playoff game next Saturday, March 2nd. So if you want to watch playoff hockey in Buffalo, that might be your chance to do it. Niagara Purple Eagles also will do that, but Purple Eagles aren't purple, so we won't. I was going to say shout shout out to Kanisha's for the biggest win in Buffalo last night. You you didn't get that sneak plug in, but I I got it. I was a lot more tired this morning than I thought I was. I didn't feel that positive go Griff's energy, but yeah, I mean, basketball – Battle the bridge win against the Purple Eagles yesterday. Packed house. That was, I will say this, and a lot of this has to do with COVID, I think. That was the best environment in the Kessler Athletic Center I've seen in my time as a student there. It was electric last night. Okay. Folks, Buffalo Sports Environment, we're budding. We're getting amped up. Make sure you get amped up. Make sure you follow our panel. Follow V Cristiano 3, Gatesy 35, Dwayne S39. Make sure you're following Cross Swords Pod and make sure you are strapped in for this final run of 25 games because it is not the show where we get, well, sometimes we do get our wires crossed, but our swords always are. Let's go Sabres.